This is a podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. Now it's time to take a look at uh, lovefood.com's website. And Christine, uh, we're talking about uh, some of the things that have changed the way we we eat, really, mm-hmm. uh, over the years. Um, some quite interesting ones here, actually. There are. Um, two of the more obvious things that separate man from the delicious beasts of the field are our constant search for knowledge and equally insatiable desire to understand the world around us. In part, this passion has resulted in our quest for scientific discovery and in part our constant need to improve our lives by benefit of invention. Both have had considerable impact on the way we eat today. From the first time one of our ancestors realised that a sharpened stick was more efficient than a rock when killing his dinner, man has put his ability to invent to very good use. It has changed the way we grow, raise, prepare and even eat our food from one generation to the next. If you doubt it, just think how different our tables might look if Thomas uh, Corite had not brought uh, forks to Britain after a journey to Italy in 1608 or, indeed, how much more laborious it would be to make that necessary afternoon cup of tea if Crompton and Co. had not put the first electric kettle on the market in 1891. Some inventions are more useful than others, of course, and for every essential item that we turn to from day to day, there are hundreds that are now gathering dust in kitchen cabinets all over the world. Have you yet to use the egg poaching pan or rubber tube garlic peeler you were given? As well-intentioned but utterly useless presence, and you can probably list lots more. Despite that, there are still many food-related inventions without which our lives would be much more dreary a place. Here are some suggestions for inventions that have changed the way we eat. Do you know something, Christine? Before you start on them, I actually think that the the rubber tube garlic um, thing sounds amazing. I didn't even know you can get something like well, that. Well, I, need to I get haven't one. had one. No, no, I haven't had one. You probably can't get them now. It's probably years ago. Do I don't know. I don't know. Because we've got those uh, things that press the garlic out. That's what I've got. Yes, well, that's what I've got. But this is actually to remove the skin of the garlic, the actual oh. skin on it. And that's the bit I th- th- I really hate that. I've got quite yeah. long nails. So, mm. you know, the, the the smell of garlic when I'm peeling garlic tends to stick under my nails. And to your nails. Oh, gosh, yes. And even Plus if you scrub well, them, you can't get it out. They're false nails as well. So it, yeah. it kind of... You know, I just, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I hate so it the smell of garlic. It sits with you for a little while. <laughs> I hate the smell of garlic in my fingers. And yet I love the smell of garlic and yeah. the taste of garlic. Um, in so, the right place, yeah. Yes, I always get my husband to do the garlic. Always, always, <laughs> always. He gets to chop and peel the garlic because um, I just hate it on my fingers. But apparently... Well, maybe you better get one of these rubber tube garlic peelers. But That I would don't be know amazing. That would be absolutely amazing. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted. No, that's fine. Um, now, the first one is the sandwich. This is a very popular choice, as you're probably one of the biggest fans of the portable snack. Although the name was derived from a request for bread between meat by the inveterate gambler John Montague, the fourth Earl of Sandwich. Sandwiches, in one form or another, date back to the first century BC. Rabbi Hillel, the elder, ate chopped nuts and apples between his two slices of mezzo. Without the noble efforts of men like this, we would not have the hamburger or the chip butty. And that would be sad. I love chip butties. Oh, so do I. Do you know what I love even more? Um, Crisps in a sandwich. 
crisps in a sandwich. Yeah, like like salt and vinegar crisps or cheese and onion crisps between two bits of butter oh. bread. Yep. With butter as well. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You always come up with the best thing of sandwiches, like your marmalade <laughs> and bacon. Bacon That's and the marmalade. Best. That is the best. Well, you did try it, didn't you? I did. I did. It's the best. Oh, it's I've fabulous. had it a couple of times since I spoke to you about it. Oh, another oh, no, I love convert. It. Another convert. I'm so yes. happy. <laughs> you have. You have. Um, uh, what's next? Oh, uh, vending machines. Believe it or not, the first vending machine dates back to... 215 BC, when Greek mathematician Hero of Alexandria developed a way of dispensing holy water at Egyptian temples. In 1880, the first commercial vending machine began to appear, and it was in the early part of the 20th century that they became a regular way of dispensing food. Now it's barely possible to walk more than a few paces without passing a food vending machine. In the Netherlands, Automatiek Snack bars based around them are still popular and in Tokyo alone there are over 6 million machines spurting out food and drink. Do you know, Christine, there's even um, a hotel chain now that uh, you go to and you get your breakfast from a vending machine. There's no restaurant, there's no dining area. You actually go down to the vending machine and they've got things like porridge and you take it back to your room and and fill up your little pot with... um, I don't with, think I'd with like hot that. water. No, 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 no. no. I don't think I'd like no. that. No, no. I only stayed in one of these once, and that was only because I was booked in by somebody else. And uh-huh. I just thought, never, ever again. You know, I have never seen one. I don't. I don't mind staying in these kind of, you know, travelly places. That's fine. Mm. But mm. you've got to be able to get a breakfast. Oh yeah. I think you've got to be able to get a breakfast. I'm not into vending machines. Especially at if all. you're travelling for work, so you need to have a nice breakfast. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, vending machines are great if you need a bar of chocolate or a packet of crisps. Yes. Um, yeah. but not for your breakfast. No oh, way. No. Was it did you have to heat it up afterwards? I suppose you must have. Well, been. you had to go down to the vending machine. I nearly passed out. I remember Ian coming back up to me and saying, uh, Jill, <laughs> breakfast is from a vending machine. And I'm like, how do you get a full English from a vending machine, darling? (laughs) Um, And he said, no, it really is just like breakfast biscuits. um, And, you know, these these kind of uh, packaged pan au chocolat, you know, but but really kind of horrible ones that are dry. So, um, you know, they didn't have a restaurant, I suppose. No, they didn't have a restaurant at all. Um, So we had to we had to get our, our. pot of porridge um, and then you take it back up to your room and you boil the kettle and put hot water in it. Oh, right. Instant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's instant Like porridge. noodles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. So, oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. well. You've probably got the next one, a microwave. In 1946, Dr. Percy Spencer was working on the creation of a new vacuum tube called the magnetron. He noticed that during the experiment, the bar of chocolate in his pocket had begun to melt and experimented to see what the effect of the machine rays were on other foods. They were much the same, and Dr. Spencer had, in, had inadvertently created the microwave oven. The millions of machines sold since its invention speak to its importance to the way we cook, although it's now often used for a little more than heating up a cold cup of coffee. The microwave should be added to the list for no other reason than it is the best way to cook bacon. I've never reason heard of so- No. Neither have I. No, I've heard of of people cooking bacon in the microwave, and I've heard of microwavable bacon, but um, no, I have. My bacon needs to be crispy, and I, I don't think. Yeah. 
I don't think it makes it crispy. No. I wouldn't have thought. No. No. Yeah. Plus, a lot I like people use it for vegetables too, don't they? Yes. Oh, mm. uh, listen, I couldn't live without my microwave. I mean, my microwave is primarily to heat up my coffee <laughs> in the morning. I, it goes in about four or five times. Um, <laughs> I but, haven't even got one. Oh, I love my <laughs> microwave. But you know, when I was younger, um, microwaves are so expensive, and now you can pick them up for you know twenty oh, yes. and thirty pounds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which yeah. is quite amazing. Mm. Okay, what's the next one, Christine? The next one is the gun. This may be a controversial choice given the less positive use of guns. However, there can be no denying the importance of rifle and bullet on the way we eat for both good and bad reasons. On the one hand, it increased hunting efficiency, allowing communities to thrive, while on the other hand, it also allowed for hunting, as was the case with the American buffalo, taken to the edge of extinction in the early part of the 20th century. Oh, yeah, I, I suppose see. that's not one for, for vegetarians. Not um, at all, no. But, yeah, <laughs> okay, listen, we've got time for one last one, Christine. And this is the internet. As it has with just about every aspect of our lives, the internet has impacted on the way we eat. It's now the first place we turn to for recipes, restaurant reviews, and increasingly even to purchase our food. In future, it will also be the way we watch cookery programmes, and without it, we would not have websites like Love Food or food-related blogs, which at the last count were over 10,000 in number. Do you know, it's incredible. Mm, Can you remember life before yeah. the internet? No. Can you remember really? life before the mobile phone? That's what I felt. I felt the other day when my I have grandchildren who, of course, live on their phones, but also their parents can check on them. I mean, my kids used to go off to school and I wouldn't hear from them until they came home. Well, we only started really using mobile phones when I was about maybe 20, 21. Um, you know, and I'm nearly 40 now. So they, they haven't actually been around. But, that long? You no. know, that long. But um, I know they were around in the 80s. I remember my dad having a, a mobile phone in the 80s. And I swear to God, you should have seen the battery charger for this thing. It was like a, it was like a suitcase. They, they were used huge to keep in the too, front weren't they? Oh, they were absolutely yeah. ginormous. But, you know, the mobile phone as we know it today didn't really sort of come into existence until about, you know, 20 years mm. ago properly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. I don't know. Mm. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine my life without it now. And yet, you know, I would go to festivals when I was a teenager. And if we got lost, we got lost. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? True. We couldn't yes. get in touch with our friends. It's no, quite true. incredible. Um, yeah. But I, I remember also, you know, when the internet first became kind of you know popular and everybody was using it and at that point I couldn't really use it because I couldn't see and I didn't have the talking software and I felt so left out so you know having the talking uh -huh. software now you know mm. it, it makes me feel so much more you know included and mm. part of it yeah it's amazing absolutely mm. amazing technology is fabulous anyway Christine thank you very much for uh, talking us through the lovefood.com um, article and if you want to take a look at this article it is on their website as I said it is lovefood.com and it's fully accessible thanks for listening to this podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio for more podcasts check out InsightRadio.co.uk